Welcome to the Friday, February 18th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. On today's episode, we're going to talk to Seth Topol of Locked On Minnesota Wild to talk about Friday night's matchup between the Florida Panthers and the Minnesota Wild and how different the Wild were from their first matchup in November to where they are now and the scoring similarities between both of these teams all in today's episode of the locked on florida panthers podcast your locked on panthers your daily podcast on the florida panthers part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome to a special crossover edition of Locked On Wild and Locked On Florida Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you for making both Locked On Wild and Locked On Florida Panthers your first listen every day. And just as a reminder, both shows are free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's crossover edition of Locked On Wild and Locked On Florida Panthers, we catch up with both the Wild and the Panthers to see where they are at since the last time these two teams matched up. And we will look at tonight's big matchup at the XL Energy Center. My name is Seth Topal, host of Lockdown Wild, joined by the host of Lockdown Florida Panthers, Armando Velez. What's happening? Great to get together again, uh, Seth, uh, with you once again. We got together in the offseason. We got together in uh, November to recap um, the game and this time around, this was this is a makeup game from when these two teams were supposed to play back in December. Of course, Panthers had their COVID issues. They were one of the first teams to get shut down in uh, in all of the league. I think they were the third or fourth um, shortly after everybody. But um, th- this is I'm um, completely different teams for both the Florida Panthers and the Minnesota Wild as they head into this matchup between two two teams who just score at will. And I was listening to Michael Russo's uh, podcast today with Andrew Burnett. And I just found out the Minnesota wilds record against the Eastern conference. And their only regulation loss came in that November matchup against the Florida Panthers. But a lot has changed since. And I want to ask, first of all, about, the duo of Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello. Uh, I, I believe that Zuccarello has has multi-point games in nine out of their last 12. Uh, Kaprizov is now just six points, excuse me, seven points off the NHL point lead. I was looking at the list today. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid both have a point t- tonight for the Edmonds and Oilers, so they're now ahead in the race for the Art Ross, but... Talk about that doing how they've just taken this team and taken the leadership of this team to carry them to where they are. You know, it's funny for me, first and foremost, that we got to see Kirill Kaprizov in his run to the Calder Trophy last year and got to get to this season and say somehow he's going to outdo it. And he already has more points this year than he had all of last season. But... You bring up an important point in that Matt Zuccarello is having a career season himself. Um, The chemistry that those two have 
on that top line is just something that you really don't see throughout the NHL. Two guys that just, they know where the other is going to be at pretty much all times. I think the thing that really sets this duo apart, and and this is something that the Wild have kind of done more of as the season has gone on, is if you look at it, you could almost call Kirill Kaprizov the center for that top line because of how much he handles the puck. I know Ryan Hartman is the one that takes the face-offs, but Kaprizov handles the puck so much and you know is either trying to score himself or set up his line mates that he is basically just playing as a center at this point. His vision on the ice, his ability to just make those insane passes um, is, is only matched by Matt Zuccarello's ability to do the exact same thing. And so you have this triangle of guys that have just developed this insane level of chemistry. And I didn't think it was possible coming into the season, but it seems like Kirill is just, he's getting stronger as the season goes on and he's on pace to do something that you do not see associated with the Minnesota wild ever, which is a 100 point season. And is he going to get there? Absolutely. Um, It's just, it's so refreshing to see. And it's just, it's amazing to me that you can have a guy that won the Calder and is just continuing to get better as he goes. Yeah. And it's crazy because as, as a, somebody who doesn't watch the Minnesota wild on a day in and day out basis and seeing that he only played in the NHL for one season and then hearing the contract demands that Kuro Kaprizov wanted in the off season, I was a little, I was like, I don't know if I want to pay this guy the dollars that he got after one season in the NHL. And that's a risk from the front office, but also Kaprizov betting on himself and it's paid off from Kaprizov's end. And he's, he's, he's the leader now on, on this team. I know he's not the captain. I know Jared Spurgeon, Spurgeon is the captain, but Kaprizov is pretty much the leader of that team, the the yep. heart and soul really of the, of that team. And it's funny because even now it's like expected of Kirill Kaprizov that the conversation's not there as much around NHL circles like it was last season. I mean, he took the league by storm last year and the, the conversation now is, Oh, this is just what we <laughs> expect out of Kirill Kaprizov, but just a, an incredible player to, to, to watch. He scored the goal in their, in their last matchup against each um the, the Florida Panthers, which was a, sh- a strange game. The, the Aaron Blatt had a beautiful pass to, Owen Tippett gets uh, gets one, and then they the Wild. That was a point in time where they pulled the goalie, and they get two six on five goals. The Florida Panthers do get an empty netter, but then the Wild make it interesting with like twenty something seconds left, and made it a lot closer than it should have um, at at the end. And I told I was telling my listeners yesterday how this is a completely different Minnesota Wild team than we saw back in November, and. Though the Minnesota Wild are still top five in the NHL in shots against shot, um, shots on goal allowed, I've seen that the goalie play has really improved for uh, Cam Talbot and Capo Kakinen. I, I I actually decided to do a split of 
what the beginning of the season to November 22nd when the floor, when the Wild made their Florida swing and November 22nd to now. I see that the numbers for Capo Kakinen are not were not good in his four four games. 870 save percentage, 3.330. Same thing with Cam Talbot, 905, 2.95. But then I see also the turnaround since then. And the, the numbers for Cam Talbot, he made the all-star team this year, 919 with a 278 goals against average. But also Capo Kakinen, a, a draft pick for the Minnesota Wild, 933 and a 2.30 uh, goals against average. And I've seen that he's come in relief uh, a few times for the Minnesota Wild. So I got to ask you, Seth, is there a goalie controversy in Minnesota right now? I um, I don't know if I would go so far as to say a goalie controversy. I think what we're seeing is, and this is something that I think both uh, both myself and the other podcasts that cover the Minnesota Wild have really been clamoring for, is just a much more even spread of the starts. I think we saw Cam Talbot get so many early on, and uh, you know that led to a lot of five four games, a lot of four three games, and I think when the Wild gave Capo an opportunity to uh, to get a few starts with Talbot out to get his confidence up, now they didn't just go back to what they were doing early in the season, which was just Talbot gets all of them. I think it's led to both goalies feeling like they really have an opportunity to help this team this year, and they really have an opportunity to both leave their mark on what this team has done. And, you know, these guys are doing this without um, a plethora of really critical defensemen. Uh, we've seen Matt Dumba out of the lineup for the last couple of games. Sounds like that's probably going to be a couple-week injury. Jared Spurgeon has been out. Jonas Brodeen has been out. And they have really stepped up and helped shoulder some of that load because, I mean, let's be honest, you could make you could make Devin Dubnik now look good uh, behind Brodeen, Spurgeon, and Dumbo when they're all out on the ice. But I think this team just views that it has two good goalies that can uh, can step in and can start any given night and can give them a great chance to win. And it's refreshing compared to what we've had in the past, which is, ride one goalie until they break down at the end of the year. And then when we lose in the first round of the playoffs, we're like, what happens? We were we were so good all the way through the regular season, and then the goalie wore down. So they've avoided that, and I think by, as a result, they uh, they have two confident goalies that can, uh, can start against anybody. Yeah, and seeing just the splits um, between, like I said, the beginning of the season to November 22nd and then November 22nd on, Cam Talbot getting 14 of the starts to Kapanen's four, and then 15 starts for Talbot to Kapanen's 12. So now Talbot's getting more of a little bit of a rest, and so now he's more refreshed, as as you said, as they go towards the playoffs. But one more question regarding the Minnesota Wild. Um, Is a 2019 uh, first-round draft pick, number 12 overall, and Matthew Boldy, a lot of the talk is about Kaprizov and Zuccarello, but Matt Bolt, the 14 points in 13 games, how much, how much of a treat has it been to watch him play? Oh, he's been sensational. And Boldy's done two things. He himself has been really good and he has helped Kevin Fiala. Kevin Fiala was, was playing on a line with Victor Rask 
and Freddie Goudreau. Two guys that don't really offer you a lot offensively, uh, more so defense inclined, which was the exact opposite of the kind of player that Kevin Fiala is. And as soon as Boldy went on to that line, it took off. And we're seeing a chemistry level that is similar to Kaprizov and Zuccarello uh, on that top pairing, which has led to this second line being super dominant since they uh, got put together 13 games ago. Um, Boldy is kind of asserting himself in the Calder Trophy race, despite the fact that he really has not played a ton of games compared to everybody else. But at the end of the day, it is deep into this team tremendously because you have two dominant scoring lines. You have a third line that can be used to try to counter the top line of the opponent. And you have a fourth line that can be a nice change of pace uh, with pure speed that you can uh, deploy whenever you need to uh, to just kind of give the other team a different look. So Boldy has, he has been great by himself, but he also has just turned this team into a much deeper unit by uh, being able to be plugged into that second line and just go with it. Yeah, and and, and it's great that the, um, that the Minnesota Wild do have that balance on multiple lines, and the Florida Panthers are definitely in the same same boat where they have multiple multiple scoring on multiple places but we're going to flip the script where seth is going to ask me about the florida panthers in the next segment but first we're going to tell you all about built bar and this is the time of year where i've given up on all my new year's resolutions but not this year i'm sticking my resolution to eat right thanks to built bar it almost feel like it's not really a resolution because i actually enjoy eating them have you tried the puffs if you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallow eat. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. These are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are, co- 100, are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, puffs included. Low calorie, high protein, replace your candy bar with these. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to bookbar.com and scroll down to the macros chart. And you'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, and low carb. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, and then they figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. Use promo code Block 15 for 15% off at built.com. Continuing today's crossover edition of Locked on Wild and Locked on Florida Panthers. And again, thank you for making both shows your first listen every day. Uh, When you are finished listening to today's crossover episode, make sure to swing over to Olympic Hockey Daily, which is part of the Locked on NHL podcast a bonus podcast covering everything going on in Beijing. You can find it on the Locked On NHL podcast feed. Olympic Hockey Daily and the Locked On NHL podcast are free wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's talk some Florida Panthers now as uh, gearing up for tonight's matchup between the Wilds and the Florida Panthers. And uh, Armando, the last time these two teams played, I know one of the things that I was, uh, was looking at was just marveling at the center depth uh, for uh, for the Panthers. Obviously, Sam Reinhart. Uh, you've got uh, Alexander Barkov. 
but uh, some other guys have uh, have really stepped up and uh, and been bright spots for this team. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I didn't expect to see Jonathan Huberto up near the top of the leaderboard in terms of points on the season. Was that a surprise for the Panthers, or is it just another portion of what makes this such a dangerous and depth-filled, shout-out Anson Carter, team? <laughs> and it's it's crazy because um, I, I, I'm not surprised that Jonathan Huberto is at least in the top 10 in in points when it comes to the NHL, but number one, number one or number two, which right now he's behind McDavid and Dreisaitl, is just a product of what he has been able to do in the offseason, getting his – and he's he's a great follow on Instagram, by the way. If, for anyone who wants to follow Jonathan Huberto, he's always posting his workout videos. And I want to mention Andrew Burnett going back to his uh, appearance on, the, on Michael Russo's uh, Straight From the Source podcast that I listened to uh, today, who used to write for the Florida Panthers uh, as well. And Andrew Burnett talked about how – Huberto is going back into the lab and and just continuing to work on his body. And Andrew Burnett talks about how his one of the most underrated qualities about Jonathan Huberto is his puck deception and how he's been able to and how he's able to um, deceive uh, defenders into thinking that he's going one way when he's going to make a pass going the other way. And just his ice vision to set up his teammates has just been incredible for the most part in the in the last few weeks of the season before heading into the olympic break he was paired with sam bennett at center and anthony duclair on the right wing um now he has nolachari who was now in practice um as the second line for the last game it was owen tippett so we might see nolachari in his first game this season for the florida panthers after getting injured in the preseason so a lug a lug a possible luxury for uh the Florida Panthers, excuse me, Patrick Hornquist uh, on the on the uh, second line. So Nolachari might be on the fourth line coming come to come uh, Friday night. So Patrick Hornquist on that on that second line uh, for for the Panthers when he's played mostly on the fourth, it's only going to reap more benefits. And Patrick Hornquist is healthy too um, after missing most of the last few weeks uh, of the of the season before the Olympic break, and it, it's just a testament of what Jonathan Huberto has done in the offseason, and it's really paying off for for this Florida Panthers team. Armando, the other thing that I look at with the Panthers as I gloss up and down their schedule is much like the Minnesota Wild, uh, the Panthers a good team at avoiding losing streaks. I see just three of uh, two games or more so far on the season. Um, what in your assessment has been some of the big keys for the Panthers being able to avoid losses snowballing into two three four game losing streaks it comes down to setting the tone early for the most part and especially at home where they've only lost three times um and even last season in their shortened uh 56 game season they only had two three game losing streaks all year that's it no more no more than three at all of last year and the the Biggest losing streak that I can remember on the top of my head is mid-December um, where they lost to Colorado and then they came home against uh, Ottawa and then L.A. Uh, right before their COVID shutdown. And the L.A. game, that was uh, a game that was one to forget because they were they could only dress 16 skaters due to COVID. And the next game was supposed to be against Minnesota. 
So, and it was supposed to be a um, Jonas Johansson start uh, as well because um, Bob uh, apparently got COVID as well. So it would have been a really hard game for this Florida Panthers team to to play. But setting the tone early and also keeping leads, they're as far as goal differential, the third period is their best um, period when it comes to that. And heading into the third period as well, if, if they're leading in the third period, you know how many games they the Florida Panthers have lost when having a lead going into the third period? Do you want to take a guess, Seth? I'm going to guess it's a very low number. I'm going to say two. Zero. They haven't lost a single game with a lead going into the third period this season. So it really comes down to if they have a lead, they haven't let down at, at all this season. Uh, the final one that I want to ask before we hop in and start kind of going through the uh, the keys to this matchup. Obviously, the Panthers have been near the top of the standings the whole season. They're just they're rolling along and uh, one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. Is there anything with the Panthers that concerns you even a little bit um, in what will hopefully be a lengthy playoff run for Florida? It doesn't matter when they go uh, up against the the high quality uh, goaltenders, the, the the elite of the elite goaltenders, because scoring is great. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes, sometimes when it comes to uh, playoff hockey, the game slows down in the playoffs. And they found a they found a way to win their last game against the Carolina Hurricanes after having multiple deficits in in, in their in their game. They were down one nothing, and then they were down two one. And they found a way to get a goal within the last uh, minute of the game. They they find they they found they found a way to win that one. And only twice on the road this season have the Florida Panthers won a game when their opposition scores first. Only two times have they won this season with, with that. The first one was against Vancouver, and then the last one was just uh, two nights ago against Carolina. So it, it's just been about getting about defending on your end as well because the the goals against for the florida panthers it's better it's better than it was the last two years but it's still not what it what fans and people who cover this team want it to be and going back to that conversation once again to andrew burnett and michael russo their third time i'm referencing that on this show (laughs) that just they're he's Andrew Burnett talked about how there doesn't need to be a lot of pressure on Sergei Bobrovsky to be that guy um, that he was in Columbus, that even though last game specifically, that the save percentage um, might not look good for Sergei Bobrovsky in, in single game save percentage in that one, that he made the key saves when he needed to. And of course there was that beautiful, uh, saved by uh, Lucas Carlson right in front of the net when Bob was out of position. But, hey, you need your defenders to do that from time to time. But it, it's just a really about how how will this team fare in low-scoring affairs, really, when they're not – when when the offense does get dry? Because it's, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Okay. And – uh, I can I can shout out. I saw that save. I, I can't figure out how that happened. And, you know, Brandon Duhame had a save like that, although his was on the ice, so not nearly as many skill points um, as the one that you referenced. But, hey, love to see other players helping the goalie out. That's what we like. So, South Florida native uh, Brandon Duhame. 
yeah, he'll uh, he'll play a factor in uh, in the game here this evening. We'll talk X's and O's with the Panthers and Wilds set to square off here tonight. After this, here on this crossover edition of Locked On Wilds and Locked On Florida Panthers. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where to find the next fired coach and where they will land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to Olympic coverage and information. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. You can find it all at BetOnline, where the game starts. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Florida Panthers. Again, thank you for making both shows your first listen every day. Make sure to uh, throw a subscribe to both Locked on Florida Panthers and Locked on Wild on YouTube, as well as on social media as well, ahead of tonight's game. And Armando, the matchup, this is going to be a really fun one because, you know, you talk about Florida being a, um, a huge home field advantage for the Panthers. Uh, the XL Energy Center is becoming that for the uh, the Minnesota Wild. So you talk about one team getting off to a good start compared to the other. Setting the tone early. Uh, let's let's talk about that a little bit. Um, in just, you know, have you seen the Panthers on the road be able to do that nearly as much as they have at home? No, Nowhere near. And... Um... More more times than not on the road, uh, they have scored first, but it, again, when they haven't, it, it's it it has been hard for them to to get back into into games and for for them to play from behind. But I'm I'm seeing the Minnesota Wilds uh, home record. My goodness, sixteen three at one, almost identical to what the Florida Panthers have done on their home ice just without that one uh, overtime loss that the Minnesota wild have at home. And it's, it's going to be a tough, it's, it's going to be really tough uh, for, for the Florida Panthers uh, as they make, as they get this game on in the state of hockey and man, it's, uh, it's going to be a tough challenge for sure. And um, I, I I just don't know I just don't know where to go with this one as far as predicting a a, a result, but I predicted a loss an overtime loss against the Carolina Hurricanes in Wednesday's matchup when I did my crossover with Jared Ellis, but I did watch that game between the Minnesota Wild and the Carolina Hurricanes as well just last week, and my goodness the the way that the Minnesota Wild just poured on um sometimes even though that was a close game um for for wild and hurricanes i'm gonna say that the wild come out with a win in this one in regulation against the florida panthers um the florida panthers did get a regulation win against the wild back in november but i do think that the role that the minnesota wild are on eight two and oh in their last 10 um the turnaround really happened after that Florida trip. I and you you mentioned winning streaks for this 
Minnesota Wild team, they went on an eight-game winning streak at one point. I know there was a four-game losing streak at one point and then another losing streak there, but they they also counter it with long winning streaks that keep kept this team afloat. And they're they're likely not going to um, catch Colorado, but still, you're you're going to get at least home ice advantage more than likely in um, in may, in round one of the of the playoffs. Yeah. So, and that sixteen three and one is definitely a benefit that the Minnesota Wild have really found themselves in. So, I'm going to predict a regulation loss by the Minnesota Wild, and with these two teams being uh, high scoring teams, I'm going to say it's going to be a four three final in in favor of Minnesota. I am. Uh, I'm going to actually take the score that uh, this first round was five to four, and I'm going to say that that'll be the final. Uh, in uh, tonight's contest. So we'll get identical five to four scores, but I think the Wild do come out on top because I did get the sense in the loss to the Winnipeg Jets that the Wild were maybe looking a little too far ahead on the schedule to tonight's matchup. And with what the Jets were able to do to them, really the only the second time that a team has been able to slow down both the Capri's offline and the Fiala line since they were constructed. It's th- that I think is what has made this team tick so much is that you try to slow down the Capri's offline, that Fiala line will just get you. You try to slow down the Fiala line, the Capri's offline will just get you. And pick your poison. Exactly. And I think this team is just, they're going to be hungry to avenge that loss early on in the season, and they're going to be hungry to move on from the loss to Winnipeg. Um, I th- I think it could be a similar replica to what we saw against the Toronto Maple Leafs, where the Wilds get out to a huge lead and Florida comes back, and uh, the Wild have to kind of eke out a uh, a one goal win. So that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. I-, I am a little concerned because the Wild have one of the worst special teams units at home this season, which is just, it's bizarre. Um, they're near the bottom of the league, but the power play has been better. Um, from a Florida perspective, power play penalty kill, are those still chugging right along for the Panthers, uh, or have we seen a little bit of a dip? Either way, in uh, in their performance here recently. They're atrocious in December, uh, and I referenced it on the show that they were 29th in the NHL in the month of December. And then their record-setting scoring month where they got 74 goals, the most in the NHL in the last 25 seasons, uh, their power play percentage was fourth in all of the NHL in that one. So it's a a little bit of a work in progress. And so far in their two February games, uh, their one against the New York Rangers and then one against Carolina Hurricanes, they haven't gotten a single power play goal. But hey, this is an abbreviated uh, month with the Olympic break going on. So hard to judge where the power play is going to be at once February is wrapped up. But it's oh, it's definitely been better than what it was um, the, the last few months of the season. And it's resulting in more wins on, on the road as well because they were 500 as well um, going into their – two-game trip in Dallas and Carolina just last January. And that was the real real change in momentum in their season on the road. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with how they perform on special teams. And got to give credit to their special teams unit for Wednesday's performance as well, not allowing a power play goal because um, 
the the Carolina Hurricanes just are great on both special team units while the Florida Panthers are just average in special teams. But hey, when it comes to playoff hockey, the best is the best of a team is going to be how they perform on 5 on 5 and and the Florida Panthers are one of those teams that are one of the best on 5 on 5 and if they can get the power play going going even even better and that's a bonus for them. And we saw progress in January. So still a little bit hard to judge what they're doing in February so far with only two games played. It's uh, it's all going to add up to what should be a just unbelievable matchup uh, between these two teams. And uh, I'm I'm full send on seeing a playoff series between these two, hopefully down the line, which if you think about it, there's only one way that that would happen. But uh, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. I don't want to get I don't want to get mm-hmm. ahead of myself because there's still Colorado, Vegas, Calgary, all those other teams in the West to get through before that would happen. Tampa, Toronto, Carolina, New York Rangers, Pittsburgh Penguins, possibly on the other side of the East. Yeah, and Andrew Burnett against his uh, former uh, team. Oh, the storylines that that would be in the NHL. That that would be great. It's, it's just nice to be part of the crew of the good teams in the NHL this year. And uh, both of these teams are... So it should be a great matchup here tonight. That, I think, is going to wrap it up here for today's episode. Uh, the crossover Locked on Wild and Locked on Florida Panthers. So now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure you head over to Locked on NHL to get the full recap on everything going on throughout the National Hockey League from your favorite Locked on NHL hosts. Locked on NHL is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts just like both of these shows. Make sure to find them, follow them, and keep up to date with both squads throughout the rest of the season. Make sure to give us a follow on social media as well. And uh, you can find new episodes every Monday through Friday of both Locked on Wild and Florida Locked on Florida Panthers uh, as part of the Locked on Podcast Network. <laughs>